Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. We're actually rebooting our staff meeting devos where every week our staff talks through one piece of our mission, vision, and culture. This week, Pastor Tom shares a message about self-leadership. Let's check it out. Well, good morning. Glad we're able to come and gather together. Hopefully I've got something that is going to be helpful. I wanted to look at uh, the topic and the conversation around the idea of self-leadership. And this is something that is very broad. Certainly I'm uh, not going to pretend that I'm covering all the bases on this, but there are a number of thoughts that came to me and hopefully things that are helpful. So I want to kick off by sharing a handful of Bible verses that speak to this directly. The verse in 1 Corinthians 9.24, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Another verse, these are all from Paul, but another one, 1 Timothy. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. And then his second letter to Timothy. When you come, be sure to bring the coat I left with Carpus at Troas. Amazing that Paul's got his mind on a coat. Anyway, well, this is the bit that really I wanted to hit on. So this is Paul's instructions to Timothy. When you are able to come and visit me while I'm in prison, bring my coat and also bring my books and especially my papers. Bring me the things that are going to sharpen my mind. Bring me the things that are going to inform me. Bring me the things that are going to help me grow in my understanding of the scriptures as I look to teach others. Even in prison, Paul is saying, bring me the things that are going to help me grow, that are going to help stretch me as I look to help bless and lead and serve others. So we have the athlete, train to win, discipline yourself. Paul, the helpful reminder to Timothy is that physical training, yeah, it's great, but spiritual training, being intentional in growing and how I would phrase it, and I think is typical to phrase it in 21st century America, leading yourself is important in the things of faith. So one of the things I want to point to you, and I believe this wholeheartedly, is that we all have more potential than we're currently experiencing. Every single one of us, anyone listening to the podcast, everybody has more potential than they are currently experiencing. We all have skills that can be sharpened. We all have habits that hinder our progress that we could adjust. We all have mindsets that create problems for us. And I'm going to say that it's a condition of being a leader at Word of Life is that we're all being disciplined at getting healthier and stronger in our relationship with God, with each other, in our leadership and our ability to move the mission forward. It's a condition of being a leader here is that you're seeking to get stronger. You're seeking to get healthier in your faith, your relationships, in how you lead, and how you're able to move the mission forward. It is that important. And one of the things that uh, I often feel is important to say when we have these kind of talks is that this isn't about working harder, but being better prepared. This is not about working harder, but preparing better. There's um, a story about Abraham Lincoln. I have no idea whether it's true or not, but the story goes that uh, he was asked if he had an hour to chop down a tree, how would he do it? And Lincoln's response is, uh, you know, so purported to be that I would spend 45 minutes sharpening the axe. Uh, that's, you know, sort of sit with that for a moment. If you have an hour to chop down a tree, how would you do it, Mr. You know, President Lincoln? His response, I would spend 45 minutes sharpening the axe. And that's what we're talking about. It's not about work harder, work harder, do more. 
you know, beat yourself up more. It's about how are we going to be better prepared? Because I do believe that we have potential that we are not digging into. So how do we do this? How do we do this? Two things, deliberately and daily. How do we do this? How do we lead ourselves well? It's deliberately and daily. The athletes that Paul are pointing to, they're obviously being deliberate. Paul is using the athletes in, you know, the Greco-Roman world that would compete together in the, you know, the original Olympics and all the, you know, great stadiums that are around the world. Amazingly, many of them are still standing in some form today. And, you know, these great athletes would come, they would compete, be crowds and crowds of people yelling and cheering and all the stuff. And Paul is putting to those people as a spiritual example. And those athletes don't haphazardly get awesome at whatever sport they're competing in. And anyone that exceeds in sports, which is what Paul's example is, we know the importance of training. It doesn't happen by accident. Just yesterday, I was playing catch with Moses in our backyard, which we do quite a lot. And it's wonderful, great way to spend time with my son. And I was remembering with him backtrack two years to when he first started playing baseball. And Megan may remember this. We would literally stand four feet apart. He'd have a glove on, I'd have a glove on, and underhand just gently, ball, catch. And then what him and I did is that you know, we'd do that, and then if you caught it, you could take a step back. And then we would sort of go again to see how far we could go until we do it. Now, I'm, I don't know if I should be embarrassed of this, and I'm, this is going to be on the podcast, so Luke, we might have to cut this. But at eight years old, he's almost throwing as far as I can. And he's solid gold at catching. It didn't happen because he decided, I'm going to go out and I'm going to play catch. It happened because of hours and hours, and truly, I mean this, hours of practice. That diligence, that is what stretches. It's that being deliberate that gets you there. The next thing is daily. Now, what activity we do daily might change. Now, it won't surprise anyone here to know that I value deeply daily Bible reading plans. I think going through a Bible in a year plan is a wonderful habit to get into. I think the idea of uh, you know, having time every single day of praying and having moments of worship, I don't think that's ever something we need a Sabbath from. I think Bible reading, worship, prayer, those aren't things that we need a Sabbath from. If anything, I think that feeds and fuels a Sabbath. Now, there are other things like reading books, podcasts, watching YouTube lectures, all that kind of stuff, which you know, you know that I enjoy doing and feeds me. Maybe that's an effort and that does require rest from those things. But what I would say is that something daily that is going to build our faith, that is going to bring health to our lives, is going to be inspiring to us to be stronger and healthier. Do something every single day that is going to be deliberate daily. And I believe that that is a key for us being strong as we look to lead ourselves. So how do we lead ourselves? Well, deliberately and daily. And there's a number of obstacles to this. It all sounds real easy. It's like every single day, I'm going to do a whole bunch of stuff that's going to help me be stronger and healthier. But we all know in the real world, there are a number of obstacles. So I want to address a couple of them. The first one is probably the most sensitive, and that's laziness. Now, nobody likes being called lazy. Let me read a proverb to you. Proverb 12, 24. uh, Work hard and become a leader. Come on, somebody. Be lazy and become a slave. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't like that. Work hard, become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. Now, I hate the guilt trip kind of self-help talk. You know, if you watch TV for two hours, that's two hours you could be spent building a business. You know, I kind of feel like that goes in a weird direction. But there is a level of priorities that we can have. There's a point where we're no longer relaxing. We're just wasting time. We wish we could find the time, but it gets eaten up by time wasting. And because we can't be bothered to do the things that will build us up. Now, of course, I've never done this. I've never wasted a moment of time in my entire life. Um, Just don't ask Megan to verify. 
But this does bring me to my next, and the first thing is laziness. The second thing is busyness. Busyness. It occurred to me while I was getting ready for this morning that laziness and busyness, even though they're dramatically different, they do have a similar outcome in that the most important things get neglected. We will neglect the most important things. And for today's purposes, building our faith, building our leadership skills, building our relationships, building our man of influence and being healthier and stronger. We will neglect those things because we're lazy. And in the same way, we can neglect those things because we're busy with just about anything else. Amazingly, laziness and busyness can have the same outcome. There's always something to do. There's always something calling for our attention. There's always good, important things that do need to be tended to, that are demanding to be done now instead of later. We don't get stronger, stronger or healthier by putting off the things that make us stronger and healthier. We don't get stronger or healthier by putting off the things that make us stronger and healthier. We get stronger and healthier by prioritizing those things. We will all have to say no or wait to something good and worthwhile and important to do what needs to be done to lead ourselves well. Third one, insecurity. Insecurity. It is indisputable that we all have areas of insecurity. Indisputable. We don't need to argue about it. It's every single person, no matter how much we are comfortable admitting it or not admitting it, we all have areas of insecurity. Now, some of us, it's so severe that it can dominate our lives. And hopefully we, that's not what we're talking about today. But general insecurities, having those areas where we know we don't measure up. That feeling of knowing like, man, I'm, I'm outside of my comfort zone here. Man, I'm being exposed as someone that does not know what they're doing right now. We all have those feelings of insecurities. Probably the most extreme example I could think of in my life was a moment of absolute dread. Megan wasn't with me and I was sending her SOS messages, but I was in Texas for a conference and um, it just so happened that the guest speakers at the conference had relationship with the people that I was with. And so I ended up being like grafted into the entourage. And the entourage of like the, the holy people who are the guest speakers of this conference were all taken out for dinner. So I got to go and have a nice dinner. Um, and I now have my favorite restaurant in the whole world is in Dallas, Texas. Come on, somebody. And also them, they decided they were going to go to play, um, is it Top Spin or Top Golf or something? Basically, it's like a fancy driving range. So they take me there. Now, as Pastor Mike knows, at that point in my life, I had never played golf ever. I then found out I was the only person in the group that had never played golf in their life ever. And we're all taking turns, cheering each other on, watching how we're doing. They are smashing this thing and having a wonderful time comparing how wonderful they are at golf. Up comes little old youth pastor, Pastor Tom. It's all right, you'll do better next time, buddy. And then some helpful person says, wasn't golf invented in Britain? <laughs> These are irrelevant things right now, sir. No one likes that feeling. No one likes that feeling of being insecure. No one likes that feeling of, uh, you know, of not measuring up, of sort of like just being exposed about how inadequate you are. No one likes that feeling. Consequently, what often we do, I and mean, this happens a lot in ministry, is that we find a way for us to be safe. We'll have an area of expertise. We'll find a lane that we're going to fit in where our skill set is okay, will get us through, and we'll stay in that lane, and that's where we'll remain. The problem is the kingdom of God is advancing, which means we don't have the luxury to stay comfortable where we are because we're called to move and to move the mission forward. We are not called to find a place to stay still. 
We're not called to find a spot where we can be comfortable. We're called to be part of a kingdom that is moving, that is advancing, that is taking ground, that is going. There is momentum to this. And so we don't have the luxury of letting our insecurities keep us comfortable where we are. Let me be a jerk for a second. The number of pastors who prepare and deliver sermons the same way they did when they graduated Bible college 30 years ago is shocking. The amount of pastors who, when they graduated Bible college 30 years ago, prepared their messages a certain way, delivered them a certain way, had a certain style, had a certain delivery. The amount of pastors that are still doing what they were doing 30 years ago is amazing to me. The problem and the crisis and the shame of this is that a lot has changed since 1992. The cares and concerns of the people in our congregations has changed. The way people receive and process information has changed. The reasons people say they don't follow God have changed. The level of respect and authority people associate with the institution of the church has changed. To preach the same kind of messages prepared the same way in the same style is to ignore that the people you're hoping are listening have changed. And we typically say it's their fault for not listening better rather than face our insecurity and say we need to be preaching better. To reach people, we are called to reach means being willing to overcome our insecurities, to get uncomfortable and admit that maybe there's a better way than what I have been doing, to take a chance and fail, to learn a new way of doing something that we've been doing for years, to risk embarrassing ourselves to have the humility to adjust something that we believe we're really good at. To do this means fighting the insecurities. Next thing, everyone doing okay so far? Good, good. Next thing, existing habits, obstacles to self-leadership, existing habits. We're in a rhythm, we have a mode of existing. And this compounds with age, we get into a pattern, not all of it is bad, but our habits and patterns can be a hindrance if we're not careful. It's not easy carving out half an hour to read a chapter of a book or listen to a podcast on our commute instead of Bob Dylan. If that's in what you're the habit of doing, it all requires changing habits and habits are hard to break. Existing habits can be an obstacle to self-leadership. I'm going to move on. Lack of direction. Lack of direction. Not sure where to start. We can all nod our heads and we can all agree that, yeah, I want to get stronger, I want to get healthier, I want to sharpen my leadership skills, I want to grow as an individual, I want to grow in my faith, I want to deepen my relationship with God, I want to be a better husband, be a better parent, all those things. Where do we start? And we found this in college, and Megan will likely remember this too. One of the professors in our first uh, semesters there said, if you start, and he gave us the name of a professor, his name is Ben Witherington, he said, to start here, he's a great New Testament scholar, and what you'll find is as you're reading his stuff to help you with your assignments, he cites other authors. And then that'll give you a clue of who else to start reading. And so next thing you know, you're reading Ben Witherington, and he's citing F.F. F. Bruce, who's a Scottish guy. So then the next thing you know, you're reading him, and he starts citing, you know, someone else. And before you know it, you've got a whole library of people that you know you can draw from, who's you know, an authority voice on this. And that's an interesting example because I think it's exactly the same when it comes to the subject of leadership, of, uh, you know, of building faith, of living the kind of life we want to live, sharpening our skills, is that once you start tugging at that thread, you'll be amazed about how that springboards to something else to get into. So the idea is start somewhere. I can say for myself, John Maxwell, Talk about him a lot. He's a great influence for me, mighty blessed by his stuff. I think as, as much as anyone else that I've never met that has influenced my life, it's possibly John Maxwell. 
He led me to a lady called Liz Wiseman. Two of her books are two of our favorites. We love those books. Then we shared them with a number of you in this room. Love the works of Liz Wiseman. Uh, John Maxwell also sent us to Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek, great speaker, really insightful. He's another one. I think I've shared some of his books around with you guys. Great stuff in it all, but it starts somewhere. So start somewhere and believe that that's going to springboard to other things. So those are some of the obstacles around all of that. And I wanted to share, I had some thoughts around what happens when someone is leading themselves well. So if they're overcoming those obstacles, they're on this journey, they're figuring it out, they're not letting their insecurity slow them down, they're deciding they're going to get up and do it, they're not being lazy about it, they're not letting the business distract them, they're starting somewhere. What do we expect to see? The first thing is they're actively seeking feedback. People that are leading themselves well are actively seeking feedback. It is really tough to lead people who don't take feedback well. It is really tough. People that get defensive, people that rely on making excuses, people that are leading themselves well understand that taking on advice or feedback is going to help them. That is one of the symptoms of leading yourself well. Another one is being self-motivated. If someone takes the time to lead themselves, it's like winding up a toy car. You know the cars where you kind of pull them backwards and it just kind of winds up the spring or winds up the, you know, whatever it is that sort of will then shoot them forward. It's kind of like that or it's like shaking up a bottle of soda. Like if you're leading yourself well, it is winding yourself up and you are just waiting for a chance to be let loose. If you're filling yourself up, if you're sharpening yourself, if you're taking time to build yourself up in your faith and your leadership skills and being faithful in your responsibilities, you cannot wait to get going. If somebody is fueling themselves, if someone is winding themselves up, if someone is a bottle of soda that they are shaking up, they can't wait to get going. They are self-motivated people. If someone's invested the time in themselves to be faithful and effective, that's what they want to do. They want to be faithful and effective. They want to go and make a difference. In soccer, I'm sure it's the same in other sports, but I certainly know from soccer, the subs, the people that are on the bench, they train just as hard as the starting 11. The players that start, they train just as hard. And consequently, you can see it certainly in Premier League games. If ever the camera cuts to the bench, the players are on the edge of their seats, hoping the coach says, you're up. They're ready to go. That is people that are training and preparing themselves. They are ready to go, looking forward for an opportunity to go get it. They are definitely self-motivated. Next one, people that are leading themselves well are responsible. They are responsible. These folks take responsibility for their mistakes. They take responsibility for the outcomes of their area of ministry. They are constantly asking how to improve things, how to make things better. Someone leading themselves well is not waiting for someone else. They get, this is what I've been asked to do. This is what I'm in charge of. This is what I'm being faithful with. This is what I'm being effective with. Let's go. They're not waiting for everyone else to pick up the slack. They're not blaming everyone else when there's been a mistake. They are taking responsibility when the outcome doesn't go where it needs to go. These folks are responsible. Next thing, they celebrate their growth. They celebrate their growth. They celebrate learning something helpful. They celebrate the benefit of discipline. There's a sense of accomplishment when they've completed their Bible reading plan. There's a true joy that having been disciplined, you know, by having prayer time and getting up early and doing whatever they need to do and moving around their schedule so they can have meaningful times of prayer. There's a sense of fulfillment that comes with that. It's deeply satisfying to see that what you've gleaned from a podcast or a book is being implemented into your area of ministry. You go into a difficult meeting and to prepare for the difficult meeting, you read up on a few things, you get some advice from somebody, you kind of get some new ideas that you wouldn't have had, and then the meeting goes better than expected. Great feeling of accomplishment. 
that satisfaction that yes, I'm celebrating that I have stretched, I've grown, and it is paying off, it is going well. And the final thing, things that you can expect from people that are leading themselves well, is these are the people that get promoted. These are the people that get promoted. People who want to stretch and grow and are leading themselves well are always in demand. People that are willing to stretch, people that are disciplined, people that take this seriously, people that care about their own well-being, people that care about how they are conducting themselves, how they're leading themselves, how they're growing in their relationship with God, how they're growing in their relationship with people, how they're leading. These are the people that are always in demand to take on more and more responsibility. If someone is willing to fulfill their responsibilities well, grow, learn, stretch, and discipline themselves to put God first, do this daily, these legends will always be in demand. This is why anytime it comes up in conversation and I hear someone say, you know, I was reading this in a book the other day, or yeah, I read a proverb a day, or, you know, I just found out they have whole college courses on YouTube, or I hear someone say that, you know, this is a great podcast on whatever subject, or, you know, I was thinking about how to do this, and perhaps if we did this better, these are the things that stick in my mind. Like that registers with me. If, if somebody just through conversation just naturally just gives up that, okay, like they're actually digging into stuff. Okay, these people like on their own time, they're actually sort of seeking out, how can I grow? How can I stretch? How can I sharpen up? How can I build my relationship with God? How can I sharpen up as a leader? How can I serve my team better? And they're taking the initiative. That sticks with me. Somebody just sort of like just through natural conversations, like, yeah, I was reading this book the other day. Oh, okay, that registers. Like, oh, you know what? I was listening to this really interesting podcast. It doesn't matter what it's about. Okay, that registers with me. Please, that is a clear indicator. This is someone that is doing what they need to do to get strong, get healthy, so we can move this mission forward. When I worked at Verizon, uh, I was worked at Verizon. It was only ended up being for about a few months, but um, it was a sales position. And the time that I got there, there was a newly promoted um, sort of store manager. And she'd got this promotion because her sales numbers had been through the roof at a different store. And what was amazing is that the people that I worked with, they were all really negative. It was difficult to go to work every day because they were just so negative about all this. They were negative about her and all this kind of stuff. And then it turns out that, uh, that she had worked really hard to get her sales high. And all these guys had convinced themselves, nope, you cannot make those kind of sales in this store. And they completely ignored the fact that she had decided, yes, you can. And she was doing all the things to get the sales. And sure enough, she's getting promoted. She's getting sales. That's Verizon. How much more important is this in the kingdom of God is to not buy into this idea of my gifting is good enough, my talents are good enough, where I am is where I am, this is what God has for me, I'm good enough at this, so I'm going to be good enough in my lane, I'm going to let my insecurities keep me here. We talked about the idea of, you know, laziness is going to stop us from stretching and from growing and from prioritizing and making the time. And similarly, busyness, we can get our time and our calendars filled with everything else that we don't care the way we should about prioritizing, growing and stretching and feeding ourselves. We can let our insecurities keep us where we are instead of being bold and actually stepping out and risking messing up royally. Instead, we'll let insecurities keep us where we are. Or our existing habits, whether we think about it or not, we're so precious about our patterns and what we do and how we do it that we don't adjust and make room in the breathing room for us to do this. We have a lack of direction and we let the idea of, I don't even know where to begin, whatever, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. We let that keep us where we are. And instead, if we prioritize this, we can actively seek feedback and continue to grow. We can be self-motivated. We can be responsible. We'll see people that celebrate growth that is happening in their lives. And consequently, this leads to promotion time and time again. So how do we do this? 
deliberately and daily. I don't think we'll ever reach our full potential. I think that's a consequence and a side effect of being in a broken world. But I do believe that if we add self-leadership to our gifting and talent, we can watch God do far more than us simply resting on our giftings. This isn't about working harder, but preparing better. Lord Jesus, we want to stretch in our relationship with you. We want to grow closer to you. We want to know you more. We want your heart to be more and more of our heart. We want to care about the things you care about. We want to love people the way you love people. We want to serve our teams the way you would have us serve our teams. We want to be bold. We want to be courageous. We want to trust you. Lord, we want to see your kingdom move. We want to see this church reach the people that you've called us to reach. And Lord, we, even though I believe, Lord, that that means that we have to stretch, we have to grow, we have to sharpen our skills, we have to feed ourselves, we have to be strong in self-leadership. Lord, it's never at the expense of trusting you. We trust you. Well, Lord, we come to you. We're desperate for you to guide us. But Lord, I believe if we're obedient, you can do great things. Lord, and we add all of this, this persistence to the talents and giftings you've put in us. We believe you can do great things. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen, amen.